Cincinnati Bengals get a huge win over the Seattle Seahawks. We'll talk about this coming up next on the Cincinnati Podcast. It's an exciting time to be a Bengals fan. Them. We got a special show as always. The voice of the Bengals and for Willie Anderson, Corey Dillon. The name of this thing is called Cincinnati, and I'm not going to stop. Talk to us about that roller coaster. I'm still going to give you the same AJ. I'm going to work as hard as I can to be the best. I've been working here since I met y'all, boy. Yeah. I got to get you a top five receiver. Better <laughs> <laughs> man. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Cincinnati Podcast. I am your host, Ace. Zim will be in as well. Uh, we're both feeling a little under the weather, but wanted to make sure that we gave you guys a recap of Sunday's game, uh, a game that went a multitude of ways. I think it was an amazing game for the defense, uh, but obviously the offense struggled a little bit, so we'll get into that. We're going to basically give you guys our recap of the game um, so appreciate you guys for tuning in. Definitely be sure to hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. We truly appreciate that and the support. It goes a long way. We appreciate that. Um, let's get into this game, right? So the Bengals get a huge victory over the Seattle Seahawks. Let's just start there because this was major. In order for the Bengals to salvage the season, this was kind of a must-win game, just especially given that them coming out of the body, you're facing the 49ers and you're facing the Buffalo Bills. The schedule gets a little harder. And so in order to give them the best chance, especially with getting Burrow back healthy, the key in this game was really winning the game. It doesn't matter how they won it. Obviously, it was a little ugly from the offensive side of things. However, they got a big win over a team that came into this one three and one. So for them to get not only a victory, but also a victory against a winning team, was major for them in this one. Um, so this one ends up being a final score of 17 to 13. This game was played in Cincinnati. Um, the Bengals offense showed up early. They they showed up in the first half. That was something that we felt like um, was a good thing. They were cooking. They were hitting on all cylinders. It really seemed like Joe Burrow and the offense was back. Uh, Joe Burrow hit so many receivers when this game went live, it was it was insane. He hit Irv Smith. He hit pretty much every receiver that he could to start off. Started off going 10 for 10, just like last week. Really looked like it was going to be not necessarily a blowout, but it looked like the offense was going to be headed for 30 points. What's again, that obviously stalled a little bit in the second half, but still talking about the first half, they were able to put up 14 points. So the Bengals end up getting the ball. You know, they deferred it. The Seahawks go down and immediately score. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I was a little nervous because I'm like, how is the offense going to respond? The offense was able to respond uh, perfectly. They were able to go back down, make some things happen. Uh, they were able to try to establish a script early on, which had Burrow throwing to multiple receivers, also getting some runs in. I believe the first play was a run play from Joe Mixon. And so um, they got things going. And then the defense itself, they gave up the first touchdown, but they started to limit the Seahawks from then on out. That first touchdown was the Seahawks' only touchdown of the game. The defense definitely came to play. Um, they were able to control things and get the Bengals into halftime with the lead. Uh, and so in the second half, 
I assume that when the Bengals got the ball back, they would immediately kind of strike again. We did not see that. Uh, you know, they slowed down a little bit, but the defense played amazing. And that was something that that Zim said was going to be a major key going into this game was the matchup between DK Metcalf and Cam Taylor Britt. We saw that early. Uh, but I think in the second half, we started to see this defense really control um, the trenches. The trenches were crazy. The Bengals ended up with 31 pressures in this one. 31 pressures, three sacks, uh, just a wealth of defense. Geno did not seem like he was comfortable whatsoever. Um, there were interceptions thrown. There were things that that happened between, like Iron Man is pointing out here, CTB and 21 Savage had huge games. CTB was able to put DK Metcalf in a straight jacket. We saw him immediately get into CTB's head or, or immediately get into DK's head uh, where DK ended up pushing him and, and stuff like that. You just knew from there on out that CTB was going to ball. This was for, for everything that was talked about going into this game as a Weatherspoon, Devin Weatherspoon game and, and this and that. Um, CTB looked to be the best corner on the field that day. And shout out to Mike Hilton coming back and getting that interception because that was a situation where in this season he's been beat on some of those plays and he was able to make a huge play and get an interception. Logan Wilson has an amazing game, 10 tackles in this one and a sack. Um, the defense just came to play. DJ Turner, another solid showing for him. Nick Scott actually ended up playing the majority of the reps in this one. But the second half really was the defense. The Bengals offense only scored three points in the second half, which was concerning because they kept giving the ball back to the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks were able to get it into the red zone territory. However, they could not convert. Um, the Bengals only allowed three points on all of those opportunities that the Seahawks had. Seahawks went for it on fourth down, trying to get um, the seven. They just could not get it. The other thing that the Bengals did on defense, slow down the run. We were on this show kind of talking about that the run game and, and Kenneth Walker could potentially be an issue. They were able to shut that down. Kenneth Walker ends this game with his lowest, his second lowest yards per carry average on the season, 3.3 yards per carry. And the second half, it was even nastier. It was even lower than that if you're talking about the overall game. So they were able to bottle him up as a defense. Zach Charbonnet really wasn't much of a factor at all. We didn't really see much of him whatsoever. And on the Seahawks side of the ball, um, I said when it came to DK Metcalf, locked up. Now, a lot of people are going to say four catches, 70 yards. Is that really locking him up? To me, on 10 targets, yes, that's locking you up. That's six opportunities. And when you go back and look at the footage, there's a lot of pass breakups by CTB. There's a lot of interceptions that some of those targets happened on. There were a lot of fourth down um, situations where they were looking to target him on that. Um, and they were able to shut it down. So to me, it was an overall great game. Big statement by the defense. My partner, Zim, just arrived. Zim, talk to me about this game, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Really? Is it clear? Yeah, it's clear. <laughs> All right. I, I was having some, some difficulties just now. This game is one of the games, I get it, people probably aren't going to be sitting there feeling so amazing about it or whatever, but how about that defense? I feel like, you know, a lot of my content – I think we're all guilty of it. It's so geared around the offense. 
Is that is that Cam Sample's best game of his career? Is that Sam Hubbard's maybe the best game of his career? These guys were balling on a different level in this championship level. We've seen it in the second half of the Cardinals game. We saw it in the Rams game. We've seen it where a lot of people are talking to us about run, uh, you know, like run offense and all these different things. Kenneth Walker, to me, is like a top five running back in the NFL. They had to do 1.9 yards of carry in the second half of that game. I just thought the defense balled out on a different level. And if the, if the offense can match that, you know, it, but, you know, that's the question mark moving forward. But right now, I feel so good about that defense. My, the number one thing that I think we all were saying is like, can we stop the run? They stopped the run. And, and I thought that was a major key. Gino was never comfortable. For sure. I completely agree with you on the offensive side of things. Talk about the first half, because I said earlier, I felt like nine was back. I felt like the offense was back. That first half had me feeling like we were going to drop 30. Talk to us a little bit about the first half of that game. Obviously, in the second half, it, it tailed off. But that first half was immaculate by the offense. The first half, you know, even the third drive in there, it has some moments where I was like, man, I think, you know, like they're straight. But I don't know. I thought it was this play where Shiesty, I thought, took a hit from Jamal Adams that I don't think he should have took. Um, there was another play where Reed fell on him. I think the Jamal Adams ha- play happened after Shiesty did the one where he was running backwards like 16 yards. Ever since then, he was super erratic. But the first two drives, that's Cincinnati, Cincinnati football. That's exactly how it's supposed to look. I thought he looked really good in those spots. And it, 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 it sounds so simple, but when Joe Burrow's on, he's on. Did you see anything from the offensive side of the ball outside of just Joe Burrow that you thought was like the catalyst to why it would look so good early on? I think spreading the ball out. Yoshi catching the touchdown was a major one there. I mean, Irv Smith got a pass on the first drive. A lot of different receivers um, ended up getting the ball early on. Tyler Boyd, I think, really flashed a lot. Uh, It seemed that Tyler Boyd made the most of his opportunities in this one. It seemed like he was just hitting a different gear anytime he got the ball. Seven receptions, seven catches, uh, seven targets. Like, he was was doing his thing. So I think – what stood out the most to me is Joe was was slinging that pill around to everybody. And I mean, for him to have the awareness in a game as big as this magnitude to still get Yoshi the ball on the patented Joe Burrow rollout to extend the play was amazing. I mean, and then after the play, I know everybody's talked about it. Joe Burrow goes and finds Yoshi to give him the game ball so that he doesn't lose that one on his birthday. So first career game ball touchdown for Yoshi, I thought was major. Um, I just thought that they did a great job of spreading the ball out. And even with using multiple running backs, we saw some Chase Brown in this one. We saw a little bit of Travion and we saw Joe Mixon. So I feel like they really emptied out the options that they had, um, especially in the first half for sure. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I feel like, you know, that, that that's what you like to see. There, you know, there's a lot <laughs> to be desired. There's so many different things. I just, I was rewatching it. I've been putting a bunch of clips on Twitter too. I thought that there was more to be desired. I thought some, at some points in the run game, I thought that Mixon had about, it was limited, but it's like two opportunities. If he breaks a tackle, he does something with it in open space. That swing pass that they gave him out on the right side. 
Um, he also had another run that I, I know he wish he had back. A lot of the offensive line stuff is like they got to really get this stuff shored up, though, outside of just, you know, expecting greatness from Joe Mixon in some of these runs. Some of these run game, like some of the stuff uh, um, wanting Trent Irwin or having Tyler Boyd be like key blocks on major runs. So by the time he gets to the second level, it's just like they're asking wide receivers to do reach blocks across the formation against like Jamal Adams and stuff. So when he's one on one with what what potentially could be like a free safety, it's a free safety and a Jamal Adams running across. So now he's got he's got two defenders. So all the runs for five yards where those could be eight yards, those could be 12, you know. And I thought Kenneth Walker early in that game, you see his lineman hitting guys second level. Second half of the game, our defense crashes down on a bunch of that stuff and just blows up plays and they're out of rhythm. But I thought there was a great opportunity for them to do some real good stuff in the run game and then have that coincide with the passing game. So the first two drives, Burrow ball out, you can't stop me. By the by the time they got to the third drive, the defense is now paying top, top, what I call top end first, where everything they're like inviting runs, but they're like, you can't block us at the second level. We'll take our chances with that rather than give you a one-on-one with Jamar Chase. You know that Jamar Chase won us on the sideline. He gets to 12 yards. He he hits him with the out route and then uh-uh, spin cycle, spin. He's got to do all this stuff. It's two guys right there, you know, but if the run game's hidden, Maybe that's a one-on-one with a guy. You saw that in the Cardinals game. He gets a one-on-one. He gets like 10 yards after. And I was like, damn, I thought he should have been gone because now he's got the one-on-one with just the safety. And those are the little things that I just, I don't know. It's, it sounds simple, but they got to clean it up. But when you're running so much stuff out of 11 personnel, it's just hard to, you know, like wide receivers blocking linebackers or wide receivers blocking anybody is a tall task when you got box safeties. Like, look at the guys that we done played. Like, these are like Kyle Hamilton's of the world and Jamal Adams of the world. They're not getting blocked by wide receivers. I'm telling y'all that right now. So it's like, right. you know, I don't know. It's, but it's how tough. much does that put on the offensive line? Because we, we've kind of talked about, and I think you had a great tweet, um, some of the struggles of Cordell Volson that we've seen. Orlando Brown leaves this game a little early throws thrust Cody Ford into the game seemed like as soon as that happened some of the play calling I'm I'm not gonna say it changed but it just seemed like they were more conscious that Orlando Brown was not in the game with with kind of how they were playing how do you feel about the offensive line thus far because I feel like we've we've said that it's better however you know the last three games giving up three sacks that just cannot cannot happen because those sacks are going to continue to add up what were your thoughts about the offensive line in this one? Because I think Orlando had a good game, but as soon as he kind of came out the game, there were some sacks uh, kind of given up, and the offense did seem a little erratic. I thought I thought for the most part, the offensive line as a whole and pass protection was fine. But by the time Shiesty gets to the second half of the game, I, I just don't think he trusted. So there's like the play, you know, the one where he throws an out route. This is like, I guess that's like in the third quarter or top of the four. And he thinks Jamar Chase thinks that it's like a um, a back shoulder. And he's got the one-on-one on the outside. And a guy falls over and it's right at Shicey's feet. So he's thinking like, okay, well, I'm about to get hit again. Just throws the ball out and gets it out really quick. 
He's got Tyler Boyd running free through the middle of the field. You, you know, it, it's part of his trust, and and Burrow's just got to break out of some of the stuff. You know what I mean? So overall, I think it's good enough, and I think it's better than what it's been before. It's still not good. You brought up Cordell Bowles. I mean, it's not good enough championship level offensive line play. I'll say that. It, it's it's I'll make the playoff offensive line play, but it's not good enough consistently to do it. Um, I was thinking uh, Cordell Volson. I just got to talk about it really quick. Currently right now in PFF, he is graded as the 94th ranked guard in the NFL out of 101 qualifiers. And, and, out of the, and out of the 101, he's the worst starting guard graded by pro football focus. Now, you could say pro football focus isn't the end of be all. I get you. But then when you go watch the film, th- that was his best game. But he had two run- runs in that game that he completely whiffed on the block and blows the play up. He has one uh, one play that everybody remembers where he does give up, you know, the sack and the pressure or whatever, right? So it, you, that's the difference between championship level and playoff level. You could give up one, one – think about it. One bad play gives you a third and 16, third and 18, 12 and, you know, whatever. So that drive potentially is killed. So that's seven less – three less points on the board. To go to a Super Bowl, you, I, we, you can't mention them. It's got to be a whole game. And that's the part where I'm at with Cordell Volson. It's like, bro, even at his best game, he still made a mistake in the game. Whereas, like, you know, like the Jonah one, he had gone like four sack, four games without a sack. I thought the one that he had, they just didn't count it up properly. It's six guys, number 53 is coming through clean. Yeah. You know, he both pre-snap, he's looking, he's like, I got six. They only got five. There's no extra protection. Shiesty has to just get on the ground, take the sack. So that's that's kind of like a little bit of it's on everybody, but you're only awarded that, you know, like a couple times a game before you're like, this is a reoccurring thing. And what's happening with Cordell Wilson is, to me, that's happening every single game. And you could say, yeah, this is Aaron Donald, but I'm going to tell you on two weeks, he's got to go see Hargrave. He is no joke. You know, like that's, that's the matchup to me. I was thinking about Trent Williams versus uh, Trey Hendrickson, but on the other side, Man, Hargrave's got to be licking his chops and saying, like, that's the matchup that I like. And everybody's going at the Volson. And it, and it and it really, really one guy. You know, this goes back to what we started when we all did the Panay Sewell versus Jamar Chase. My argument was one guy can't fix the problems of five. You know what I'm saying? Like, my front five right. guys blocking. I, you, you, I can have one good guy, but then I got three other lemons or I got four other lemons. Right now, they got three really good guys that I think are really good that you could work with. And then they got two guys that kind of are like, you know, and Cordell, like I said, currently has a pass blocking grade of 28. It is the low, like, that's bad. Uh, his overall grade is a 48. That's bad. These are, this, this is the worst in, you know, so, every, you know, the mixing conversation goes hand in hand with offensive line play. We got to start looking at the run game, run game coordinator stuff. Some of these runs, they don't even really look like they they have the potential to being successful when you think about the personnel that's with them. Right. And to me, if you're dropping back that many times, I should see a bunch of draw plays. I should see four or five of them a, a, a game. 
And um, I feel really key, good about those type of plays. But some of these plays, you saw Callahan say, hey, we got to maybe look at going under center, some of these things like that. Th- this little bit of stuff, you know, it's not the easiest fix. You got two weeks to do some really, really good stuff. And the defense balling like how it is, I feel really good about that. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, moving forward, you think that they can fix this like fast enough? Yeah, I think Frank Pollock. I mean, I know someone in the comments said, when are we going to talk about Frank Pollock? We've talked about Frank Pollock. Zim just talked about him with the run game coordinator because that is his his job. I think in terms of the development, it could be a little better. Uh, but if, like uh, Iron Man is saying, if somebody's getting blown off of the ball, I don't know what Frank Pollock can really do about that. But I do think th- throughout this bye week, they will make tweaks to the run game, some of the plays, get an under center, like Zim said. It seems like Callahan is really – disappointed that the offense has really been Jamar Chase centric and that Jamar Chase really has been the only consistently productive player. Um, So maybe that ends up with them now having these restrictions kind of lifted off of them with Burrow with the calf. Maybe that allows them to open up the playbook more. Maybe that allows them to look at some of the film where they've had mistakes, like Zim is talking about having wide receivers block some of these guys, bringing in Um, max protection and leaving Burrow with two guys that just aren't open. Those are things that I think that they can fix. Those are things that I think that they will fix. And obviously one of the graphics that was floating out there today is that the Bengals are the worst team in the NFL when it comes to explosive plays. Um, So obviously this bye week, they've got to figure that out, whether it's getting runs of 20 yards, whether it's getting, you know, passes of, of 20 plus yards. I think with, the calf being back healthy, I think that those are related. I don't think that it's just, you know, the Bengals offense has died and we don't know why it was like this. We know for the first four weeks, for the most part, it was Joe Burrow's calf. It limited the offense and they had to do different things. I think going forward, they can tweak that and do some things and, and make it better. Uh, one thing I want to do is give a shout out to Bengals Gym. You can see me and Zim rocking these joints right now, a gift from Bengals Gym. So shout out to him. Shout out to Tony the Tiger for winning the, the Bengals Fan of the Year. Shout, shout out, out to man. all of them. They show a lot of love, so we appreciate them. You can get these from uh, Cooks in Cincinnati downtown. Yes, so if you are looking for these, you can find them there. This hat is so fire, bro. I want y'all to know the fit of the hat is dope. Like the the nostalgic form with it, like I, I'm I'm rocking mine tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's got the old school vibe, like meeting, you know. And they, you know, that's our our Bengals OG. And I just feel like it's so dope when you know we could do something and and, and we both rocking it and it look cool and clean. Like you know what you know what will go good with this is that remember that Ocho that Jamar Chase. Yeah. Uh, custom uh, Leaf and Tiger that he had. I, 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 I got to find out what's up with that. Did he make that at Cooks? I'm assuming he probably did. Somebody had to get that to him, man. I, I, I assume you could definitely get that made there for sure. So definitely want to check that out. Um, but speaking of, of cooking, let's toss it to our sponsor at Midwest Best Barbecue.
Shout out to Midwest Best Barbecue, 669 Justice Court in Loveland, Ohio. They've got new flavor wings, the Honey Hot Lemon Pepper. Definitely be sure to check those out. There's been a lot of people hitting up Midwest Best Barbecue. Let them know Ace and Zim sent you. The word is getting out. The food is amazing. Definitely stop by and let Tim and Nicole know Ace and Zim sent you. Um, and if you are looking for somewhere to spend the bye week and watch some NFL games, stop in the Midwest Best Barbecue, 669 Justice Court in Loveland, Ohio. Uh, with that being said, Zim, was there anything that you wanted to say before we get up out of here? I just want to say special shout out to that defense again, Cam Sample and company. And how could I leave out Cam Taylor Britt? Cam Taylor Britt, masterclass. Even my son was like, have you seen DK Metcalf? Oh my God, this is the he's the biggest man. I said, man, we're gonna pack him up. And so shout out the juice world for going ahead and, and yeah, I had to, yeah. Then my son afterwards like I okay. gotta give a shout out to Sam Hubbard. We don't give him a lot Sam of love Hubbard. on this show. Nine pressures, a sack, you know, came up huge in that game. So shout out to everybody on the defense, man. Shout everybody that defense. was out there. The defense, if y'all listening to this or the offense, y'all listening to this, I hope y'all bought them boys some steak dinners or whatever. I got y'all know my cash app. I'll send a drink to Yoshi and and whatever, whatever y'all need. I got you. I'll send you a drink. I appreciate y'all rocking with us. We might have to rethink doing shows right after the game because we was kind of lit after that game. And I don't want to lose some of that energy. So make sure after this show is over, y'all comment like it and tell other people about the show but make sure after the show is over comment and tell us give us some feedback tell us what y'all want to do y'all want to do like a show right after the uh games however what do you like give us some feedback we're always trying to make it improve man we're powering through ain't we partner we are we are thank you guys for rocking with us tonight had to cut it short because we're both feeling under the weather we appreciate you guys for tuning in to the Winsonetti podcast it's an exciting time to be a Bengal fan. I'm Ace Zell. We got a special show as always. The voice of the Bengal and four. Willie Anderson. Corey Dillon. The name of this thing is called Winsonetti, and I'm not going to stop it. Talk to us about that roller coaster season. I'm still going to give you the same AJ. I'm going to work as hard as I can to be the best. I've been working ever since I met y'all, boy. Yeah. I gotta get you a top five receiver. <laughs> 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 Watch out for us.